0: Hi, my name is Maria, and I'm an alcoholic. I never told you. My home group is it is called Mayana at the Yana Club in Fort Myers, Florida, 10 a.m. Monday and Friday morning. Come on by. It's a great little group. If you're ever there, um, reach out. It's a good good meeting. Um, a good group. Um I think that's about all. I want to say thank you, Carol, and to all who put this together. I just want to make sure you all know how much I appreciate this sweet little conference. It's really sweet. It's really good. So we've talked about vigorously commencing this life, and we've talked about pause, pray, meditate, and now it's like how do we practice these principles in all our affairs. You know, and to the newcomer, you know, it's a, it's amazing. I forgot what your name was. I'm sorry. Your name again? The one with, pardon me, Zach. Zach. You know, Zach. You you're going to join an organization that you don't want to you don't want to join, and you can't leave because you love us too much. It's amazing. It's just amazing. You know. And I just love seeing ones coming in. You know, I love working with the newcomer, and I love to see the light being turned on in their eyes. It's an amazing thing that happens that you can live with alcohol. you can live without alcohol, but the, pro- the thing about Alcoholics Anonymous is not about stopping drinking, it's about living sober. You know, I didn't have to stop anything. It was separated from me on December 11, 1994. I was separated from alcohol. You know, I didn't have to fight it anymore. I was done. I knew. I knew. I just surrendered right into these rooms. Grateful to see you here, and grateful, Liz, that you stayed long enough to, to help women like us. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. So we go on to the 12-step. You know, um, practice... Um, Practice these principles in all our affairs is one of the three parts of the 12-step suggestion is what Bill calls it. And it's one of those ones that I really, it's really good to practice the principles inside of Alcoholics Anonymous, but on our job, in our marriage, in our relationships, in just life itself, it's one of the most difficult things to do. And it's only difficult because I get in the way of it all anyway. If I'm helping another woman coming through and we get to step 12, and every one of the women that I work with, they know from the get-go that they will be helping another woman. They know from the get-go cuz you can't you have to be able to give this away. Because if I don't give it away, I'm not going to only keep it. But as I give it away, I grow through the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Every time I sit with a woman, knee to knee, Zoom to Zoom, Skype to Skype, whatever it was that I was doing at the time, I help so many women. Now, here's the kicker. Not all of them stayed sober, but I did. I did. I did. I don't own anything in Alcoholics Anonymous. Nothing. I own nothing. I don't own my sobriety. I don't own the women I sponsor. I don't own it any. It was given to me freely, given by grace. Grace is God. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, I got here, and by His mercy, I stay. You know, it's like that. So here we go in the twelfth. In the twelfth step, it says, "Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps." These steps, as a result of these steps, we having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. You know, carrying the message to Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I think we are. I think we're doing a really good job having conferences like this. Uh, I think. Co- the pandemic did an awful lot for us to get across the world to the little villages across the world that don't have Alcoholics Anonymous. They don't. The 400 miles might be their nearest meeting. And so we're able to spread this wide and, and long. Even in, in, uh, in Kentucky and in Ohio, you guys really came together with pandemic. We came together, right, and we carried this message now this, this one to practice these principles in our own affairs. What are they talking about? Well, you know, in in step one. In step one, I admitted I admitted I was powerless over alcohol that my life had become unmanageable, right? And I'm working for the rest of my life on that unmanageability of the life. That's, after the dash, that's when the that's when it really begins. It really begins. And then step two, I came to believe in a power greater than myself to restore my sanity. I knew I was powerless. I knew I was powerless. At that point, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I was ready to sit in a corner and poop nickels if you asked me to do it. That's how <laughs> sick and tired I was. I really was., oh. you know, I was willing to t- you do whatever you tell me to do, and I'll do it. You know And that step two came easy to me. Step three, made a decision to turn our lives, our, our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. You know, that decision is probably one of the greatest decisions I ever made. The greatest decision I ever made was to get married. The greatest decision I ever made was, to, you know, I make decisions every day. But the greatest, greatest, greatest one is the one that I turn my will and life over to the care of God as I understood him. And you know, what does that look like? Well, I just had to make a decision. Now I have to get into action. And through the fourth and the fifth step through the fourth and the fifth step I was able to put down on paper and pen the exact nature of my wrongs the exact nature of my wrongs and when I looked at that paper and I flipped over to the fourth column I saw where my mistakes were made It was embarrassing but I saw where I was selfish and self-centered like my mother You know my mother my mother raised 6 of us she had a husband who was in the war and gone for 18 months they, by the time I came into the world, they had a lot of burdens they were carrying. My mother married my father. He was called a foreigner when he married my mother. My mother comes from a very rich family. She lost it all, everything. They blocked her right out of the family, cut it, cut her right off at the, at her knees, and she married my father because my father came from Denmark. And so when, so when my mother, my mother was. Um, very bitter, a very bitter woman. I didn't know anything about my mother, but through the four step, I started to. I had a sponsor who would say, "Well, perhaps your mother. Have you considered your mother's how she was raised? Have you considered how your father was raised? You're number five out of six kids. Have you thought about what your brothers and your sisters go through? They she had they had me look at my mistakes and where I could, because uh, all I could look at is." My wrong, I mean their wrongs, what they were doing and not giving me. That's all I could do. But the four-step opened that up. It opened up this world, this beautiful world. It was beautiful now as I look over my left shoulder, but as I was going through it, it was really difficult for me to make that slow transition to enter the world of the Spirit. It was really hard. Now, how do I stay in the enter this the, the Spirit? Is my daily practice. You know, and through that fourth and that fifth step, I come on to the sixth and seventh step. And I got these defects of character that I find. You know, and it says entirely ready and entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. It does not say entirely ready, have Marie move the distance. Of character. I don't have to work on getting rid of my character defects, I don't have to work on them. I just have to cooperate with God. And sometimes I hit the mark and sometimes I don't. You know, and so then we come into the eighth and, eighth and ninth step. And through the eighth and ninth step, I, I, get to, I get to really see these twisted relationships because of what I have done to them get cleared. Making that amends to my husband, if anybody had heard my story on Friday, I lied. We had a baby together and I told him he died. And I put the baby up for adoption. I live with that lie. I think I was um, it was 1996 when I told him and I had the baby in 1974. And I carried that lie for years and years and years. To the point is, I don't know about you, but I lie to myself long enough, I start to believe it. I start to believe it. And I'll make up little stories in my head, and I'll put a story around you, and I'll tell you where he even died and how he died. None of it was true. One of the greatest amends I made in our marriage, one of the, one of the greats. You know, he knows the, my husband and I are an open book. We're an open book. We have no secrets. I couldn't have told you that before I got sober. It was always filled with secrets. But I thank Al-Anon for that. I thank Alanon that my husband stuck it out in Al-Anon. <clears throat> so I'm able to, to, this, to clear this path with these relationships now I come into ten. I call ten and eleven the infinity loop. Ten and eleven. You're constantly continuing and seeking, continuing and seeking, continuing and seeking. And the way I look at it is you've got the infinity of, of continuing and seeking. How Now I go out to you. And if I'm going out to you spreading my ego, that's what you're going to get. But if I'm coming in humbly to be a service and a servant of God, to help you stay sober, help you truly stay sober, without getting in the way, good things always happen. Do the girls always stay sober? No. I buried one. I just buried. We just. She just died. She had 18 months sobriety, 18 months, and she couldn't get back. And so for six years she was out there, and they just. they're going to bury her September 23rd. Sad day, 52 years old. Two children and a husband who loved her. That's what this disease does, but the wreckage she has left behind is going to take the family forever. And that's that's my greatest fear. So with that so when I'm, when I'm 10, 11 now I'm living in 12, and I carry this message, I carry it softly and I carry it with passion. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. It truly saved my life, saved my marriage, saved my family. Saved my family. It took a long time with that boy, but we saved our family. Seven years is nothing to some of you, I know. And so practicing these principles, and I learned to practice these principles because I'm I'm in that infinity loop of 10 and 11. And it's because I'm continuing to watch I'm continuing to watch for selfish, self-centeredness, resentment, and fear. Like I said, it's a walking step. Now, I don't sit there and carry a bat and beat myself up when I find I'm resentful. What I do is I pick up the phone and I I talk it out. Now, sometimes I can't do it right away, but I talk it out and tell on myself. I tattle on myself, you know. And then you get something sick and tired of tattling on yourself. But then I know for one time there was once, only once, I didn't tell her because I, I just was so sick of hearing me. But it was something I needed to tell her so that she could help me change my perspective. Right? And then and then I resolutely turn my thoughts from other. I am constantly, constantly. It's a constant practice. Step eleven is a constant practice. You know, I review at night. It's not a review to beat up where Marie went wrong. It's a review to see where Marie went wrong and to see where she's done good. And most days, my ledger's clean. It really is. It it really is. It's gotten better and better as as I get in this room. But then there's the dark days that come. That's when you go bankrupt. That's when, you know, my parents die. You know, when the rough times come, and that's what Bill talks about. When the rough times come, are we ready? Are we ready for the acid test? I think that's in the 12 and 12 on step 10. So practicing these principles. Well, it's kind of like not going to the gym, you know what I mean? And you can just practice. I'm going to practice being kind. I'm going to be practice this because it starts real little. Like when my husband says something or does something for me, I say thank you. <laughs> it's real hard sometimes, you know. <laughs> or, or when a sponsee who's just driving you nuts, you just look at the good in them. Look at the good in people. as you're able to see? I'm able to see the good in myself, right? You know, and you know, I, I got stories, you know. And so I remember I was it, I was going into a um into a doctor's office. And I was—they were running a little late, and I was pregnant, right? And um, and I remember this time, and I was so impatient. I was so impatient in that doctor's office. I made a scene in that doctor's office. Like how dare they? Or, how dare they? I'm going to have their baby right on their— you know, you know. And when I walk into doctors' offices today, I don't go in with that. I know they're really busy. I know they're really busy, and I try to stay patient. I never know what's going to happen. That's a new thing for me. I practice the principles when I go into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, and my eyes don't roll because somebody just said something so stupid that, (laughs) you know, know, and and I got You know, I, I do. You know, so my face will roll, you know, will roll. You know, and, and I, don't, I don't need to, to um, spot them out and just after the end of the meeting go have a talk when is a woman, I'll go and talk to them, right? I, I'm a believer of men with men and women with women because I'm just too tempted. I'll be honest with you, you know? God has me with my husband and I love him to death and I don't need uh, to arouse any suspicion or jealousy at all and I won't, and I won't. I respect him way too much. You know, and when I'm in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous practicing these principles on on all our affairs, am I getting up for coffee 150 times a day to to, to, to have me look at it? You know, when I first came into these rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, believe it or not, I used to have a figure, you know, and I dressed. Well, I used to dance poles, you know, so let's just take it from there. (laughs) And Daisy Duke was like my my hero, so. So anyway, you know, and I had to learn. I had to learn to take care of myself and practice these principles on all our affairs, and take direction from a sponsor who would say, "Let's dress, let's dress with respect." Now I didn't know that coming in there. I didn't know practicing these principles in all our affairs is when you're sitting in a business meeting and they disagree with you. You know, or. There's a vote that was taken, and you just happen not to be there, and you don't agree with the vote, and you're going to do whatever you can to change the vote. And I'm saying this because this is what I did, right? Or I'm in a business meeting, and I don't like the vote. A vote is coming up, and I'll go, and I'll, I'll poll the people and tell them, vote here, vote here, vote here, vote here, right? I forget about our business meetings. But you're sitting up at the... Um, sitting up at, um, I would think they would call it districts or area here. I think that's what they would call it here overseas. It's a different name. And you're sitting there, and you just don't like what's going on. And the resentment goes, but here's what happens. When the vote is taken and the vote is not going my way, when I exit that ex- under that exit sign, I am now a trusted servant of that vote that just came. And I don't like it, but I go through that exit sign because the most important tradition is tradition one. Unity. Above everything else, we need unity. You know, and so practicing these principles, you know, how do I do that on a daily basis? I can't do it unless I'm, I'm practicing 10 and 11. And these amends that I've made through, the, through and cleaning up, the, cleaning up my past, as it was asked before, you know, and the cleaning up the past is cleaning up my behavior. I don't, I don't snap at you. I take time and talk to you. I don't look down on you. You know, God, only an alcoholic will sit in a gutter and look, look down at the person walking by. You know, my God, what is wrong with us? You know, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do, you know. You know, so in um, the 12th step, you know, in the, sponsorship, in the sponsorship, you know, I learned a lot from my sponsors. But I seem to learn more from my sponsees. I seem to learn, learn more of my own character defects are looking right at me because they're splashing them all over the place, you know. And I've learned from them, and it's and I'm so grateful for the experiences I have to be able to carry this message. I really have. And there's some, you know, some women. You know, I came in, like I said, I started my journey in '86, and I came in with one ear and one eye closed. I didn't, I was here to have everybody else in the family shut up. Just shut up. I'll do what you want me to do, and, and let's go forward. You know. And I don't do that today. I mean, I come into a business meeting with my both ears open and my eyes wide open, to do and carry God's will. You know. And then being sponsored. Hmm. You know. I love my sponsor. I love my sponsor. But my, my sponsor is honest with me and I respect her for that because she wants to see me grow and I want to see you grow, right? This is what we do in the examples that we set. The 12th step is where we begin to see some real joy in our lives, real joy. You know, you, can't, you, cannot, you cannot replace the look on a newcomer's face when the lights come on, when the lights come on, it is amazing. It is the greatest gift we will ever give in. We've been ever given. What about the old-timer? The one who's around and kind of cranky and not really doing their thing and they're just, you know, they're, they're wearing, you know. And I say that only because I had the 17. That's an old-timer. But I thought because I had all the years that I should get due respect because I have all these years. <laughs> I'm a walking example. It might be the only big book anybody could see. What about at home with my sisters? Boy, is that hard. That is really hard to practice these principles of love and tolerance and effectiveness. Are we, am I growing in understanding and effectiveness? Or have I shut down my sister because she's just wrong? You know, she's wrong, and I want her to make it right. And you sit down, and I just put that spiritual duct tape on my mouth and just sit, and I listen to her. Because I have this insatiable need. I don't know about you guys, but I have this insatiable need, really strong, that I'm right and you're wrong, and I need to correct you. And it's insatiable. It's, it's, it's something God has helped me really remove from me, really remove. Right? And in this 12 step, you know, having had a spiritual awakening, I came in here asleep. Now, that doesn't come from me. Walking this life asleep, dreaming, or awake. I was walking around this world asleep. I thought of the reality that was in front of me was not, was not real. I come into Alcoholics Anonymous, and I start to shed this stuff little by little by little. And you know what the beautiful thing is? I'm shedding what I'm not. I'm shedding what I'm not. You know, I'm shedding these things. I, am not a, I was not made to be selfish. I was not made to be dishonest. I was not made to be unloving. I had a creator. I was created from a breath of God. That's not how he made me, and that's not how he's raised. My parents didn't raise me this way. And as I walk this, I I hear my parents' voice certain things they would say to me. And they were right. They may have carried it out a little differently than I do today, but they were right. You know, and the spiritual awakening is a result of these steps. So what does that mean? Steps 1 through 11. 1 through 11. And we carry 1 through 11 out. And I practice, all in through the steps 10 and 11, I practice all the steps living in 10 and 11 on a daily basis. Right? That's what I do. You know, I've been through, um, I've had a few sponsors, not because of anything else, but because of death and because of where I moved. And every sponsor, every one of them, every sponsor that God has given to me is a sponsor who has showed me an example of what Alcoholics Anonymous is, I wouldn't be here if it was a sponsorship. Sponsorship's important. I think opinion coming. Opinion coming. Um, I think the breakdown of Alcoholics Anonymous is in our sponsorship. Is in our sponsorship, and it's in this book. You know, I'm not. I used to hear the word big book thumper, and I didn't. I didn't like anybody who carried a big book and you know thumped it around but i actually do believe the you know the the big book of alcoholics anonymous is a book of instruction a book it's a book a textbook of information that brings on a transformation and i can read that book year after year after year and i will find something i haven't read before or it relates to me so i keep inside of a big book i have a sponsor now who asked me to be at a big book meeting every week? Once a week, and so I am. I'm there once a week. Um, I was going to tell you about if you don't have a sponsor, and I, you know, and I, you know, I. Um, when I moved back to the states, I had 19, 20 years. 19 years. 19 years, I think. I moved back to the states, and my sponsor had died, and there was this thought: hmm, I really don't need one. I'll do fine. I'll do fine you know, I'll, I'll find one. And so that scared me enough to get a temporary sponsor and I got Donna for a couple of a couple of months. And I just need to tell you the story how God is so funny. I went to Girl Stock and I went to Girl Stock International in um, Atlanta when they first started coming up. I was living overseas and I came over to see my sister. And we went to Girl Stock together and um, there was a woman I met and her name and I I thought I really liked her and didn't say anything. She took my phone number because I was interested in, on this Canadian train ride she was taking with her husband. I thought it was real cool. So I gave her my phone number, and she sent me information about this train trip she was taking, like it was happening like the next year or something. And so that it was a February. That's all I remember. February, she called me and said, Random Tuesday, hi, Beth, Beth just saying Hi. And I thought, oh, that's so nice of her. That's real nice. And I'm praying, oh, God, give me a sponsor. Oh, God, please give me a sponsor. And so I went to the girls' stock that year, and she was there, and she, she walks up. She's walking up to me, man. She's walking up to me, and I'm like, hi, hi. God, give me a sponsor. I'm in my bedroom. God, give me a sponsor. And she's coming out of the woodwork, and she asked me, you want a cup of coffee? I said, yeah, I'd love a cup of coffee. And um, didn't think anything twice of it, and we get in the shuttle to go to, and this is June now, and I'm I'm in the I'm in the, in the little shuttle, you know, and I'm going on home, and there's one empty seat, and only God would orchestrate this. Here she comes and sits right side to me, and I keep praying, I need, I need a sponsor, I need a sponsor, I need a sponsor, I need a sponsor. And we go through the TSA line, and I get all the way through, I say goodbye, and I go, oh, crap, do you think that she's supposed to be my sponsor? <laughs> you know? So, you know, God leads us to people who can sponsor us. And I'm very grateful I am. I'm grateful I am because she has a herd around me that is just beautiful. I love my Sponsey sisters, and I love what she has helped me with in so many things. So Step 12 brings us into this new horizon to help somebody. You know, and you can start twice. A lot of people come in. A lot of people have, I don't really have, you know, people start Step 12 and start helping everybody right away, right away. They can, if you're in the four-step people will start taking people through the first step. A lot of people do that. I I don't have an opinion on that one way or the other. But I had to have a spiritual awakening. I cannot transmit what I don't have. I cannot transmit it. And it's not a teaching thing. When I sit with my sponsors, it's about the experience. What are the experiences that I had through the 12 steps? What does that look like for me? And what it looks like for me is I just... I can't describe the awakening and the continuing awakening that happens to me because I can hit the alarm button, the snooze button, and fall back to sleep in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. You know, because I really, there's this part of me that says, I really don't want to go to a meeting sometimes. I really don't want to pick up that phone because she's just going to complain. I really don't want to go to that business meeting because I really don't like that person. You know, and, I, and then that's where it comes in is I am a trusted servant in everything I do, not only in Alcoholics Anonymous. In my entire life, is I my trusted servant. Step 12 is you can't talk too long about it. You know, that's what it is. But I'll tell you the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that I work on a daily basis is bring me great joy. Great joy. But I've also had some really bad, great sadness, too. You know, losing my mother, my father, and my sister and my brother in a matter of 22 months was really difficult. It's like I lost half my family in one fall swoop. You know, and then I've right now, as I'm sitting here standing talking to you, I've got a brother in law who's dying. And I've got a my brother, my other brother was just diagnosed with TIAs. He's had a couple of them, and his wife is sick. And, you know, life gets lifey. Life just gets lifey. And, you know, I don't stop doing, I don't stop doing what I need to do to be able to show up for the people in my life. You know, all the things that have happened to me in my life. But um, my voice is kind of going. I don't know where it's going, but it's going. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. I can feel it going. So um, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, Weekend, it really has. It's been really nice, and it's really sweet. You know, I, I've, I've only talked in the, a few times, not a whole lot, but I've talked some in here. But this one is such a sweet, sweet meeting. You guys really, as a room as you were standing up, and all the years that are in this room. <sighs> wow, that is amazing. It is amazing the long-time sobriety we have here. But what saddened me was six, five, six, seven. No, there's a five here. Six, seven, and eight weren't here. Where are they? Where are they? Right? Where are they? So let's keep an eye out and stand on that firing lines and get out there and help somebody. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, get out and help somebody. If you're having a really bad time in your life, get out and help somebody. I really thought my sponsor was nuts, but it is really the greatest gift that has given been to me is to say, you know what, life is really rough right now. I think I'll go down to group, see if they need anybody. Maybe I'll go down to the homeless shelter, the Women's Salvation Army. I love going down there. I love going to the treatment centers. I love going down there. And it is just to show them, to give them some hope, because if it's one thing Alcoholics Anonymous gave me when I walked into these rooms was hope. The very first day I walked in here, I didn't stick. But when I did stick, your hope really grows. And I want to thank you so much for asking me to share and know that I love each and every one of you. I really do. And thank you for asking me to come to Kentucky. It's my first time. Thank you. (laughs)